You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry, and I am Clint Young. And we are brought to you by Oneness Ministries. Contact us at Oneness Ministries. Let me start that again. Contact us at oneness-ministries.org. That dash is important. It's all about the dash. It is. If you'd like to support this podcast, also go to our website and check on the podcast tab. We are also brought to you by Veribus. Veribus is an online therapy and coaching platform for veterans, first responders, and spouses that is provided by veterans, first responders, and spouses. Please go to www.veribus.life or contact them at 405-726-1181. Veribus, you've been there, we've been there. That's their slogan. I like it. I do too. I do too. Well, how are you doing, Clint? I'm good. How are you? I am good as well. Just good trying to well. fight off these springtime allergies. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> they're horrible. Yeah. Well, we're getting back into... Um, the 52 lights, lies heard in church every Sunday. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. <laughs> and the truth is so much better. It is so much better. And we are on uh, lie number 12. Yep, we sure are. Lie number 12 says Christ wants uh, Christ wants to have first place in your life. Uh, Doesn't it sound so good, though? It does. It sounds very spiritual. It sounds spiritual. Yep, spiritual. <laughs> Why is that a lie? Well, I'm just going to read this first part that he has here because I, I think he puts it pretty well. It says, this statement sounds so true at first glance, but closer examination will show that it can actually set you on a wrong course in your grace walk. Okay, read that again. Okay. Because this is hugely important. Right. This statement sounds true at first glance, but a closer examination um, will show you that it has actually set you on a wrong course on your grace walk. Christ doesn't want to be first in your life. He wants you to recognize him as all your life. Amen. There is no numerical order. Right. There's no numerical order for where Christ is in your life. Besides, he'll drive you crazy. (laughs) Yes. He is your life. You are united with him. He abides in you in the Holy Spirit. You can't make him first place. The next part of this is, if Jesus, well, I don't know if this is the next part, but it this is, is the my next note. part. It's what I was going to read. So okay, you go you, for it. You read it. No, okay. go ahead. It says, if Jesus Christ wants to be the first place, what comes second? What, what about third place? What comes after that? The whole concept is absurd because it implies that our lives can be divided into compartments with Jesus being one of these compartments. <laughs> it is so frustrating as a counselor to have somebody come into me and say, well, all I want to do is make Christ first in my life. You can't. You can't. He is your life. There's no life apart from him. And why does that frustrate you? Because because they don't typically understand or know who they are in Christ. That is That is the number one issue with men I counsel is they don't know who they are. They don't know that God lives in them all the time. And they think that their behavior, 
their other loves are sometimes becomes more important than God. And that may be true, but that doesn't chase him away. Right. You can't you can't separate yourself from God. Sin does not separate you from God. It's if it does, it's you separating yourself from God. Yeah. Not God separating himself right. from you. He will not leave you. He cannot leave you. So you can't make him number one. He is life. He is life. Yeah, it the reason it frustrates me uh, when talking to people is it it's like, okay, well I'm gonna put Jesus in the church box, okay, an hour and a half on Sunday. I'm, you know, doing my Christian thing in my Jesus box. And then maybe if I'm really religious, I go to church on Wednesday night too, and I'm going to keep yes. Jesus in that box. And if I'm really, really dedicated, then I'm going to do the little quiet time thing in the morning, you know, for 15 minutes. Or if you're really dedicated an hour and you're going to put Jesus in that box and all of a sudden your mindset is God's only in those boxes. He's only in those places in your life. And I've been trying to explain this to some some to some students that I'm working with like no we can't put God in that little box because then I don't understand that God is out there when I'm batting a ball playing baseball and having a good time that Jesus is in that with me and that he provided that for my enjoyment I just think of oh well I have to be at church for Jesus to be there I have to have my bible open for Jesus to be there the other problem with that is that it makes it about you true makes it about what you can do to make God like you or love you or want to be around you. It's, it's not about me doing things to make me acceptable. It's about what Jesus did on the cross that makes me acceptable. It made me a new creation. So it's not about me praying a whole lot, reading scripture, getting into all those boxes, although do pray, Right. Do read your Bible. Those are very, very important, but they don't make you righteous. You yeah. are already righteous. And a lot of times we do it just because it's like, oh, well, I feel better about myself if I do those things. It's like if you know that God loves you and all you have to do is look at the consistency of how he's pursued us mm -hmm. to know he loves us then you can relax and you can enjoy studying. You can enjoy having a conversation versus I'm trying to get something from God out of this. I'm trying to earn God's acceptance. I'm trying to earn his approval. You already have it. You already have it. And guess yeah. what that does? That frees you from the bondage of sin. Yeah. It frees you from the bondage of sin because we spend so much time worrying about disappointing God, mm -hmm. sinning against God, Sinning against friends, sin is resolved. You get to, like you just said, now you get to enjoy the relationship. You get to enjoy your life because Christ is your life. Mm -hmm. What do you have there next? Okay, what I, in the same way, our lives are indivisible when it comes to the effect of Christ's presence within us. We can't divide our lives into marriage, parenting, career, hobbies, and so on. All of those areas make up our lifestyle as one unified life. And Jesus is the source of our attitude, attitudes, and actions each in each of those areas. 
Man, you can't break it up. I know. I've heard so many times. Well, you got to put God at the top, and then your marriage next, and then your kids next, and then your da da da. And then I'm like, I, I've sat there, you know, I haven't been a dad that long, three years, and I'm going, okay, so I can't love my girls with all my heart. You know what I mean? Yes. Have you asked yourself those questions? Yes. You're like, okay, well, I can't love my wife too much because yeah. <laughs> that will mean that I'm not loving God as much. And I was just like, you're going to make yourself crazy. Yeah, you will make yourself insane. You'll make yourself crazy. Trying to yeah. achieve what has been achieved for you yeah. on your behalf at the cross. And what's Jesus saying? He's saying, relax and let me love you. Yes. And then you're going to respond in love to these people. You're going to respond in love to me. And... and the result of that is that my love for my wife is Christ's love, not a love I manufacture. Which is better love. <laughs> Which is, yes, yes, exactly. So I don't have to manufacture it. I can get mad at her. We can have arguments and fights, and the love of God still is in me loving her. And it makes it it makes me appreciate the same in her because the love of God is in her loving me. So when we look, when we look at their actions, it's easy to say that's not consistent with, with what we're talking, believing or talking about, but I don't have to create the consistency. I just have to believe that he loves her as much as he loves me. And I get to look at her heart, not her actions. That's the point of all of that is that I get to not pay attention to her actions and not react to, oh, that makes me mad, hurts my feelings, but to look at her heart and know that God loves her. Yeah, it's something that I've learned over the last few years is when something comes up that I want to be frustrated about, sometimes I just take that second to breathe and, and God will show me like, you need to give grace here. There's something else going on. You want to react and say, I do not deserve to be treated in such and such a way. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's naturally what we want to do as humans is I right, defend ourselves yes. and then realize maybe there's something bigger going on. I mean, it's like this weekend we had a birthday party for our oldest. She just turned three, you know, and there's they're tired out from all the party and all the excitement and all the people. And I want to get frustrated. And I did a few times because their behavior isn't how they normally behave. Uh-huh. They, they're not listening. They're whining about everything. And you want to just be like, look, I'm tired too. <laughs> Shape up. Which I, I might have said that. <laughs> yeah, you might have. <laughs> I might have said that. But the deal is, is if I really step back, I go, they're exhausted. Yeah. This isn't who they are. This is not normally how they act. Yep. They're exhausted. They, You're exhausted. Give some grace. Yep. They know. deal with that exhaustion differently than you do. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of whining, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> My podcast partner is a little girl. <laughs> You've never whined, Rick. I'm I sure. whine all the time. <laughs> okay, what's, what do you have next? Okay, it says, uh, Jesus Christ isn't first place in our life. He is our life. He is the essence of who we are. Paul wrote in Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. He describes life in Philippians 1, verses uh, 21, saying, To me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Amen. Paul realized that the very core of his existence was his union with Jesus Christ. 
He said it this way in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's There's dynamite in there, isn't there? There is dynamite. And the one word, by faith in the Son of God, it's not my faith. It's his faith. He even supplies the faith. Right. Yeah, and just, I mean, what we're talking about here says, is no longer I who live. Right. How often do we just go around? Well, it's my life. It's my decisions. It's my fault. It's my responsibility. It's that. Yeah. I mean. A lot. A lot. <laughs> we live there. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I don't go to work, and if I don't do this, and if I don't, and Christ is saying, I want to be that. I am your life. I want I want you to recognize it, I guess, yes. would be the best way to say it. Yes. I want you to believe it. Yeah. It's what he says. I want you to believe this. really good yes it is what do you got it says there it is paul said that he didn't have life apart from jesus christ that's true of you too while it may sound admirable to say that we want him to be number one in our lives it misses the point of our union altogether yes christ wants to be recognized as the life of your family of your career of your hobbies your finances and so on do you get do you see the point he is your everything I think I've said this before, so if I have, forgive me. Um, my career before this was I in the arts. I was a landscape painter. And Did that's, you, you sat outside and painted grass? Uh, I painted pictures of the grass. Oh, pictures of the grass. <laughs> I was just teasing. I saw, I, this know you guy, I saw this guy out. <laughs> There's guys that paint the grass now during the wintertime. They I actually know. go around. And so I was like, I yeah, just had to. That's not me. <laughs> that's not you. And I, that's all I ever wanted to do was be an artist. I wanted to I put all, put all this emotion, all this money, all this time, all this energy into becoming an artist. And I, I didn't want to be a Christian because I thought that God would make me do go to Africa or someplace <laughs> and be a missionary. And I didn't want to do that. Right. I still don't want to do that. <laughs> but God said to me, this was such a beautiful thing. He said, who do you think made you the way you are? Who do you think gave you the talent, the skill to do that? He said, who do you think, where do you think that came from? He said, I want to do it with you. Wow. That's what I want to do. I want to do it with you. You're never alone when you're out painting by yourself. I want to go with you. I want to to, to do that with you. Wow. About 10 years ago, he said, okay, that's over. We're going to do this. <laughs> he really did. Yeah. He said, I have something else for you. And so that's when I ended up in scope and being trained. And, all, and the goal the goal changed. The desire changed, and he gave me a new desire. So, and I didn't, I I knew it was time, and I knew I wanted to do it. So it wasn't yeah. like he just said, okay, you're not doing it anymore. We're yeah, you're not, you're not going to do anything you love anymore. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> he is the substance of everything that you are. He is our very essence. There is no number one in that. I have this part right here underlined just right after what you just read. 
I'm guessing it's good because I underlined it and highlighted it. Ooh, double both. whammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Says you you know you're right on track in your thoughts when you find yourself seeing your marriage relationship as Christ living his life through you, mm-hmm. expressing his love and life to your mate. Parenting becomes an expression of his life when we know that he is loving and guiding our children through us. Yes. When we know the truth, we stop thinking of Jesus holding first place in our lives, and we begin thinking of Jesus as the source that animates every place in our lives. He isn't number one. He's the whole list. He's the whole list. I like that. That's a good way to sum it up. He's yep, the whole list. He's the whole list. Yeah. Wow. You cannot make him number one because he is your life. Lie 13. Yeah. Okay. Lie number 13 says, God wants to give you what you need. That sounds good. Yeah. I like this stuff. What is that? (laughs) What do you need? Sacks of hundreds. (laughs) Actually, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to the first paragraph or not. What does the first paragraph say? Uh, it says, does God? <laughs> Read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does God really want to give us what we need in our life? If so, where's the, uh, here's the question that we have, we, that we have to answer. What do we lack right now? That's, that's, that was what I had. Okay. Here. Okay. What do we lack? That is the question. Not what do we need? God, give me what I need. Because, and, and he talks about this, but the question is, what do I lack? Right. Go ahead. What do I lack? Okay. <laughs> the truth is we don't lack anything. We already have everything we need in Jesus Christ. Amen. The, the nature of the flesh is to be insecure and fearful. Yes. And I think not even... I mean, just thinking as men, I mean, we're, we're in the man box, right? Yeah. Now, we are kind of in a box in here. We are. Um, <laughs> in more than one way. <laughs> but isn't that like one of our biggest fears, like to not have what it takes to perform? I mean, to do something for a task, to have to ask for help. Yeah. It, 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 def- it, it causes us to feel like we aren't enough, that we are a failure. Men deal with that more than anything the they the fear of failure is the number one thing that men other than christ (laughs) number one thing fear of failure is the most um dominating emotion that men have is they're they're not enough and they're going to fail so that is a statement of lacking faith in god's faithfulness not believing the truth about who God says we are. When you think you lack, then you're not believing the truth of what God says because we lack nothing. Mm-hmm. What you got next? The idea that we don't have all we need at this very moment is an illusion. It's a deception fostered in our minds, causing us to feel as though God still has something left to give us. Or something we must earn. Yes, or that we, um, I lost the thought, he has some, that he hasn't given us everything 
we need for life and godliness. It says that in Second Peter, I think, and it also says that in Ephesians 1, that he has given us everything we need mm-hmm. already. So we lack nothing. Well, yeah, you're jumping ahead here because I am. Oh, yeah, the okay. verse is quoted right here. Well, that's good. You got it memorized. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> okay, so it's talking about lack here. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to start in right here. It says, the people run from conference to conference, book to book, oh, preacher Lord. to preacher, trying to find that missing link. They want that new anointing or miraculous breakthrough that will blast their spiritual lives into orbit where they can live successfully. It always It's always around the corner, at the next revival, at the upcoming sermon, or embedded in this new spiritual wave from heaven. It's a tragic viewpoint because it so contradicts what the Bible teaches. Paul describes your provision. Here's the verse you just said in Ephesians 1.3. He wrote, Blessed be the God of uh, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In the heavenly places in Christ. Oh, did I? I just totally missed that part. <laughs> and I'm so good at reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, let me see if I can find this. I'm going to look up a verse. But I just, I can, I, it wasn't even that long ago that I can think of. I was always looking for that, you know, that next thing to go to that well maybe this book will help maybe maybe if i you know get rid of more lies and believe more truth or you know and just always looking for that next thing that was that was going to help me fix me yeah. you know yeah and it's so frustrating because it sometimes you go and you think oh i found it i found the golden nugget and it feels like it works for 45 minutes yeah if you're really good, it works for two days. Because you're trying to manufacture something you already have. Yeah, and I think God doesn't want it to work. No, I don't think. Because it can't. Yeah. But it I think work. in his mercy, he doesn't allow it to be satisfying for right. very long. Right. Because he knows what we really need to understand. And that's what we have, what we already need. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Not in me, not in what I can do, not in my skill sets, not in my talent. It's in Christ. And then 2 Peter 1, 3. According to his divine power, he has given us He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. As we gain knowledge of him, which he reveals, um, and we respond because he called us. We didn't find him. He called us. The, the, The idea of sanctification means that I have to earn something. But I am completely and totally sanctified when I accept Christ. Now I'm in the process of learning what that means. I'm learning what it means to be sanctified. And this is what he's talking about, through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Holy cow, glory and virtue? 
He's called us to that. So we have to learn what is already true about us. Through which he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises so that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that it is in the world through lust. Isn't that what everybody wants? I want to escape. (laughs) That's right. But he provides it. Yeah. And it's the, the part that I thought was cool there in Second Peter. It says, through the knowledge of him. Yeah. That's the knowing. That's not, oh, I have a bunch of verses memorized. That's a knowing. That's a relationship. Yeah. I know you. Yeah. Yeah. I know you. And that's how we get it. It doesn't say through human effort you will gain. Keep, <laughs> keep trying, buddy. Keep yeah. working at it. It says it's knowledge of him. Yeah. It's a relationship with him. It's really good. Your life in Christ is played out on the stage of this physical world. Because of his indwelling life, you do not lack anything. Nothing. You have all you have all you need in him right now. The Apostle Peter affirmed this, affirmed the same. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God in Jesus our Lord. And then, and then what he just said, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So you were just so fired up, you were ahead of yourself. <laughs> <And> you was. <laughs> I spent all that time looking it up. And it was on your page. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth repeating. Uh, it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating a thousand times because it is the truth. It is. It is the truth. Yeah. I'll just... It says, in Jesus Christ, you already have it all. We need to stop asking God to give us something and instead start accessing the benefits of what we already have. Yes. Our intentions may be good, but our actions are misdirected when we ask God to give us anything. Yeah. What do you need? You need wisdom? That's him. You need peace? That's him too. Strength? Him again. Power? Yes. Do you see the point? The Apostle Paul said, in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. In him, you have been made complete. 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 Colossians 2.9, let's stop asking and start thanking him for all that he has given us. And most importantly, let's start living as though that is true. Stop living from your emotions is basically what it's saying. Yeah. Thinking that you have need when you have it all already. It'd be easy to say, well, I don't feel like I have it all. Right. Yeah. Look at my track record. (laughs) And if you feel that, then you're believing a lie. Because you, we're not making this up. No. This is... This is scripture talking to us right. about what God has done for us. I mean, can you get more than complete? Like when you get done with a project and you say it's complete, when you get done with a painting and you say it's complete, yeah. you, you don't still need to write your little signature, you know, your little, your name in the corner or do anything. It's complete, right? It's completed. No more paint, no more nothing. It's complete. Well, generally the signature is a statement of completion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So once you put the signature on there, 
it's finished. You're done. Yep. Yeah, and he says we are complete. We are complete. Believe wow. it. Believe it, my friends. Yeah. You are complete. You don't lack anything. And I like how he says that last line of let's start living as though it's true because there's a part of it that, I mean, we can almost feel like we're lying to ourselves. Like, well, my actions, where we're focused on actions again, Mm -hmm. don't say it's true. But to believe it's true is to put that trust in the fact that what God says is true and not what I feel is true, not what my track record says is true, but what he says is true. Amen. Amen. It was good. Was good. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Yep. And we'll do lives 15 and 16. There you go. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. It is. It is a blast. Yeah.